Today is Wednesday, May the 11th, 11th. 2016, and my name is Nancy Kishpaw, and I'm here with Bud Baden, and I'm sh that's probably not your whole name, but I'm going to let you state your name and your birth date and place of birth and anything else you want to tell me. Okay, well, it's a beautiful day here, and I'm glad to be here, and my name is Alfred James Baden. But way back when I was a young fellow, why my aunt, supposedly or reportedly, called me Buddy. And so the, through the years, Bud has stuck with me for a long time. And I was born on uh, September 8th, 1924, down on, at 600 South 4th Street here in Independence, Kansas, state of uh, Montgomery County. United States of America. All right. So that's the start as far as my beginning. Who were your parents, Bud? My parents were Henry Herman Baden, Jr. and Lita Idna Agnes Meyer Baden. It's interesting that in the early days, the women had to have it having three prenames. And uh, my mother was was born in 1900. My dad was born in in uh, October of uh, 1888 here in Independence, Kansas. And uh, the uh, so that was the start of things. Uh huh. Where did their parents come from? Okay, the parents came from uh, Germany, and. Uh, I'll go back a little bit farther. I've been kind of researching the deal, and it starts all starts in Germany, in the you might say the north uh, uh, east uh, northeast part of of Germany, not far from uh, uh, Bremen, which is the largest city in that particular area. Anyway, my great great grandfather's name was. Mikey Baden, it's M-E-I-N-K-E Baden. And he was born in about, I think it was about 1775. And uh, he had two wives. And with his second wife, he had, my great-grandfather was born, his name was John Peter Baden. And I'll call him John Peter One, because as it turns out, uh, that was a popular name for the Badens. And he also had a sister named uh, uh, Maria Sophia. And uh, they, my grandfather then, John Peter Baden I, had uh, five children. The oldest was uh, Diedrich Baden, and uh, his sister's name was Engel Marie. And then there was uh, uh, John Peter Baden, I mean, uh, uh, John W. Baden, that's John, his actual name was Johann Gottfried Wilhelm Baden, and in German we would say Baden, Baden, Baden on the Rhine. And then his uh, next brother, younger, which is my grandfather, was Henry Herman Baden, Jr. And the youngest one was John Peter, We'll call him John Peter II. 
and he was born in, uh, my grandfather was born in uh, 1844 there in the region of Sittensen, Germany, as I said, which is in the region of Bremen. And uh, as it turns out then, uh, incidentally, it's kind of interesting, for years I understood that my grandfather and his two brothers were the first ones that, of the Baden, you know, uh, this part of the German, Baden family first coming to, to the U.S. But I found out later that the aunt, whose name was uh, Maria uh, Sophia, she married a gentleman over in Germany in 1842. And I've been researching to find exactly how they came, but uh, subsequently I found out that they uh, got to the U.S. in about 1844 and initially they were in the Ohio area. And uh, then I found out uh, that the hu her husband passed away and she had her first child there in Ohio, which I, uh, the U.S. Census records uh, indicated that it was born in Ohio. The next uh, indication of where she uh, ended up was that she was in the uh, 1850 census in uh, New Orleans, uh, Louisiana. And then the, uh, the next uh, official location of where she ended up was in uh, Hannibal, Missouri. Okay, so Hannibal, Missouri was, you might say, the gathering place for the rest of the family. And presumably, she must have co uh, corresponded with her family back in Germany. Mm -hmm. And initially then, the three brothers headed out and they got to the U.S. on the uh, ship, the Richard Wrighty, R-E-H-I-H-E, -E, I think it was spelled. Anyway, they uh, ended up in... Uh, uh, Hannibal, Missouri, and uh, previously I had found out that the older brother, Diedrich, had come to the U.S. in about 1857, which is, you know, this was all before the Civil War, so, I mean, up to that point, and uh, he ended up ultimately with his, uh, it would have been his uh, aunt there in uh, the 1860 cen uh, uh, census showed that he was in the household of, of uh, Mar uh, Maria Sophia there in, in uh, Hannibal, Missouri. Wow. Okay, then subsequently, and incidentally, uh, I'll mention that uh, the youngest brother John Peter II was born in uh, 1851, and that's the date that his mother passed away. We don't know for sure, but apparently uh, she died from complica complications of his birth. Mm -hmm. So, as it turned out then, the three brothers ended up in uh, 1866 in uh, Hannibal, Missouri. 
And sadly, we don't know the particulars or anything, but the older brother, Diedrich, passed away in 1867, hmm. just a year after they got there. Now, I did find out that uh, Dietrich had been in the St. Louis area, and he had been involved in cigar making. And so that led to the, the three brothers then ended up down in the St. Louis area working for a company at that time. Tobacco was a popular item. And, uh, that, but they were in Alton, Illinois, and I found out later one reason, this was right after the Civil War, and St. Louis had been very much involved in, you know, with the Southern mm-hmm. ones. And even in, in 1866, in that period, there was still quite a bit of, mm-hmm. of uh, you might say, uh, agitation with some of the folks in the St. Louis area. But Illinois, just across the river, which is where Alton, Illinois is, was uh, north oh. uh, of uh, interest. So anyway, they, uh, Diedrich then, initially at some point, I don't know the year, but I did find out that he, he was listed in St. Louis in about uh, 18, he came over in 1857, so it was probably early in the 60s, maybe just before the Civil War. Okay, so then uh, when, when the three brothers got to the, to uh, uh, Hannibal, reportedly then all three of the brothers went to Alton, Illinois and learned the cigar-making uh, trade. And during that period, the, young, the youngest son was only 15 years old uh, uh, John Peter, too, when mm-hmm. they when they first got you know to the U.S. and uh, he, during that period, uh, reportedly attended the Jones Commercial College mm-hmm. for a while. Of course, meanwhile, the two older brothers uh, worked with the tobacco firm, and we don't know for sure, but it, it's uh, the family records indicate that the first one, you might say, of the Baden brothers heading west was the youngest one, John Peter II. It's kind of interesting, I found out, uh, and he ended up in uh, uh, Columbus, Kansas. Now historically, I can go on too much, but this whole area around Independence was in an area called the Osage Diminished Indian Reserve. And undoubtedly, well, a little background, uh, I did research and found out that uh, back in the 1840s, there was considerable unrest in Germany in the religious and political circles. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that led to quite a few immigrants. You know, they had heard over there about all of the Milk and honey, the great place in the new mm-hmm. new world here in in, in, Can- in uh, the U.S. And uh, also reportedly there was a German writer who had come over and visited St. Louis and had been a little bit west there in Missouri, and he wrote went back to Germany and wrote in glowing terms of this this new area that 
uh, land, you know, fertile land and everything. So that probably got a lot of people mm -hmm. or some people interested, uh, you know, in immigrating. There, there were immigrants from all over the world, for sure, but there was quite a few from Germany. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's how, how, you might say, the Germans got involved. So anyway, at some point, uh, John Peter II ended up at Columbus, and I did find out that in 1870 census, uh, John uh, uh, Henry Baden, my grandfather, I'll call him Grosspapa from now on, because mm -hmm. that's what we called our grandfathers, and uh, Grosspapa and John Peter were listed in the 1817s as being in Alton, Illinois. And, uh, of course, uh, some of the family history had indicated that he had already, ha you know, had come earlier. And we don't know for sure, but I'm guessing that possibly he had come to Columbus, corresponded with his brother, you know, and found out about uh, some of the details. And at this time, it was apparently there was uh, news items around that the government, you know, they had started recent, uh, previous to that, the Homestead Act, and a lot mm -hmm. of home, there was a lot of homesteading. And some of the best land, this Osage Diminished Reserve, was reportedly due to be, be available to the settlers. Right. So uh, possibly, I think maybe he might have gone back to St. Louis, consulted with his brother, mm -hmm. Herman, uh, Henry, Grosspapa, and then they came. Now, it's interesting that I could not find out where the oldest brother, I'll call him John William, or Will he was called, I think, at times. I don't know for sure, but he didn't, I did find out that he didn't get to Kansas until about a year after uh, the two younger brothers. But anyway, the, uh, uh, we do know that uh, the records show and family history shows that uh, my grandfather, Grosspapa, got to Kansas in the fall of 1870. Now some of the family records indicate he was there as early as 69, but at least the census showed that he was still mm -hmm. in in uh, Alton, Illinois in the 1870 census. So, uh, uh, and we don't know for sure, but I did find a, in researching, for the last three years I've been kind of researching after my last wife, my wife passed away and trying to find out some of the uh, history of the family that had not been recorded or, you know, was a little mm -hmm. bit hazy. But uh, uh, I found out that at the, in 1870, uh, apparently the, there was only a, uh, well, the telegraph was in its early stage and so they didn't have, I think it was a little later, and the stagecoaches uh, had gotten partly into the new Western territories. But I found out that that the stage at that time in in around Columbus 
and Oswego was a tri-weekly stage. So the story is, which I found it recorded, that he got to Oswego, Kansas that uh, fall of 1870 and apparently found out uh, that the next stage would not be maybe for a week or two, you know, being tri-weekly. So I did find an article in a Clockville paper that said he and an Irishman named uh, Flanagan decided to walk all the way from Oswego to Independence, wow. which is about 35 miles. Do you know why they came to Independence? Well, all I can say is that apparently the, the news had uh -huh. indicated the Osage Reserves. Right. And you know, the, was going to be opening up. And the uh, Homestead Act had started, and there mm -hmm. was there was quite historically the the history of independence. You know, that the Sturgis case where the the railroads you know, were just you know, coming to the west, uh -huh. and this railroad guy tried to hoodwink, <coughs> you might say, the uh, Indians, and they called it the Sturgis Act, which was later. Re uh, re, you know, they reneged on that. So anyway, uh, uh, and I'm guessing that, especially that uh, John Peter Tube getting to Columbus in the early days had found out quite a bit of uh, what was going on, you know, in the uh -huh. area. So in any case, <coughs> Grossfather got here in the fall of 1870. And, uh, uh, the family history shows that he initially, there was a, uh, somebody had started a sawmill, and so Gross Papa got a little job, of course he was 24 years old, mm -hmm. and, uh, no, tw 22 years old, and uh, in pretty good shape, you know, walking. So he went to work for, uh, a Waldschmidt, a German who had the sawmill by uh -huh. the Verdigree River. Wow. And the story is he was down digging a well. And I did find out some infant <coughs> uh, evidence that the uh, the brothers had accumulated and saved a little cash. Uh -huh. And of course a lot of the well a lot of the uh, uh, immigrants coming in, you know, the settlers came in wagons, you know, the prairie schooners, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and with families. And uh, a lot of them, uh, very few of them had much cash. So I think I, uh, there was indication that my, I think my, and they may, the, the Baden brothers may have fooled their interests, and he had some cash. Anyway, he found, and somebody maybe found out that he had some, maybe some cash, you know, and so when he was digging that well, the story goes that the guy came in and said, I want to sell you a, a plot of land, which ended up being the, the heart of independence at wow. the intersection of what became the, the Penn and Myrtle Streets. And so that's where he got his first start, and he started to build a little building and everything. So... I'll stop a minute. Uh, get wow. my, take a drink of water. Take a drink of water here. The, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know how much detail you want to get what, into. I'd love to hear it. Anyway, the, uh, so he, he started there and built a little building ultimately and 
The story is, I think he must have lived uh, lived there, but uh, ultimately he ended up having. Uh, uh, this is your grandfather. This is Grosspapa now. Okay. Okay, I will back up a little bit now. Of course, see, uh, the uh, younger brother then, and I don't know for sure. He pr he probably uh, maybe accompanied. Uh, Grosspapa mm -hmm. to back to Columbus and stayed there because he had started a little business there but initially he stayed there Grosspapa came came on by himself all right and I did recently find out uh, pretty much evidence that the older older brother did get to independence oh. a year later in 18 in 1871 Okay, and so the the two brothers initially then started, and and initially they uh, they had a small stock, and but I think their initial business was making cigars, yeah. which you know was pop were pop was uh -huh. popular at the time, because especially these new settlers coming in, you know, they uh -huh. would uh, enjoy something a little different, you know, with all of the oh, yeah. the uh, you know. So reportedly he built up a business and that the story is when business was a little bit low, he would walk uh, to the surrounding uh, homesteaders in the, in the county and uh, an interesting point, and I, I cannot prove it, but I cannot disprove it, mm -hmm. but he possibly went with his sack of, of goodies, which might have included chocolates uh -huh. And cigars for the kids. He might have gone out to the cabin of guess who? The Laura Engel. Oh, Laura Ingalls Wilder. Wilder. Oh. And the little house on the prairie. Uh huh. And those of you who have read the book, know uh -huh. you know it was uh, to the southeast part of Canada. Oh, that's exciting. Again, I cannot prove it. Mm -hmm. but, uh, and then subsequently. Um, I don't know for sure where they lived. I think in the first probably year or so they lived in in that little building he made, you know. At, I think at Penn and Myrtle? At Penn and Myrtle. That's the corner. Which the, corner? Where the younger folks, some of them could remember the cozy corner, which uh, currently now is a parking lot for the community bank. So that that's at, on the uh, southeast, southeast corner? Southeast corner of... And that's where, uh, okay. Uh, but uh, if you visualize where the current uh, in Independence at 6th and Myrtle, the corner across from the city hall, uh, there's a parking lot. Okay, now initially, at some point, I don't know the exact date, uh, Gross Papa and or his brother or both of them you know, the older brother, uh, John W., we'll call him, uh, and I think lived in a small house right about where that uh, gazebo is ah. in the uh, current uh, parking lot there at uh, per, uh, the southwest corner of, of Myrtle and, uh, mm -hmm. and Sixth. And, uh, okay, then, so he built up his business, and uh, I don't know the exact sequence of the events, 
but ultimately he ended up owning owning about almost uh, three quarters of that whole block. Wow! But uh, the uh, uh, older brother, of course, as I mentioned, had had uh, come in eighteen seventy one. Okay, then in about uh, 1878, uh, or a little earlier, uh, John Peter II, the younger brother, came from uh, Columbus mm -hmm. and joined the, his two older brothers. And uh, in the meantime, uh, Gross Papa, had, uh, in 1874, had married a young lady, Annie Catherine, she was a Clintworth, and their first child was born, reportedly, and they must have lived in the, in the little house there by where the parking lot is now. Wow. I can't prove it, uh -huh. but uh, their first child was born, and guess what? That's when John Peter third was born. Wow. And that's my Uncle John, I call him. And he was born in 1875. He was the oldest one of uh, Ghost Papa's first wife, uh, Annie Carthen. Um, sadly, his, his first wife died oh. 10 years later after they had two more children. The second one was my aunt it was Catherine, which I called Aunt Kate, and the third one, the younger, was Anna. Now, I never knew Anna. She, di she died about a year after I was born. Oh. And uh, so then, then after, he, uh, after she died in 1884, Gross Papa, in the meantime, I found out that he had bought land, a, a parcel of land of about a little over six acres, covering about three independence uh, blocks that was south of, of uh, Poplar Street between 5th and 6th Street, and extended from Poplar Street clear down to what became Edison Street. And that's where uh, he bought the property in about, and I'm not sure, I think, uh, I, don't, I don't know the particulars of how his first wife died, but apparently, and it's, incidentally, he put the property in her name, oh. his first wife. But she ultimately died, and then after she died, of course he had three kids, uh -huh. And uh, fortunately, her her mother had come over. Her real father had, had died. I don't know for sure if it was in Germany or not. Mm -hmm. But her mother had remarried a Meester. And they came and lived, uh, I don't know exactly where, but uh, when the first wife died and the three kids, um. they took the kids for a little bit. And apparently, I think, there was a little house on that property, uh -huh. I'm not sure. In any case, um, Gross Papa then, 
made arrangements, or had probably had planned ahead uh, for a house, you know, for his first wife. Uh -huh. But he built the first big house in the center of that property, which was, uh, Birch Street would have run right through it, which is about halfway down that property. Mm -hmm. And I have a picture of it. Mm. And uh, uh, then he was, he remarried, he met a young lady named Susan Rotten in German, R-A-T-H-J-E-N in German, they pronounce it Rotten or Rathjen in English. Mm -hmm. And they were married in uh, the fall of 1885. And I found, a, and the house had been finished, and I have a picture uh, of that house. They were standing on the balcony, and uh -huh. it was a big house at that time. And it shows uh, Grosspapa and his new wife, and apparently the preacher, who had come from Humboldt. Oh, wow. And there, there's two or three others. I'm not sure. It may have been her, her parents, or you know, or the parents mm -hmm. of his first wife. I don't know for sure, but I do. I could identify Uncle John, John Peter, three, uh -huh. up there on that balcony, along with his sister Kate and the young lady Anna. Uh huh. In that picture. Wow. Okay, then, then ultimately, through the years, then he built uh, quite a complex there, a big barn, mm -hmm. and he had cows, and uh, through the years. And of course, ultimately, he started uh, in his business, I'll go back up to his business. Uh, at some period in there, the, uh, the, uh, there was a downturn, a, a mm -hmm. recession. And uh, the immigrants, you know, the people, the homesteaders, they didn't have much money. Uh -huh. And what's, what's interesting, I cannot prove it, but there's indications that when uh, the brothers were in Alton, Illinois, they learned the trade or the, what was involved in taking game, processing it, and preparing it for shipping. Mm -hmm. And right at this time, mechanical refrigeration was in the early, uh, had just started. In the early days, you know how they got ice, they harvested in the winter off, uh -huh. of, the, off of the streams right. to get their ice, you know, and put it in an insulated barn. But anyway, uh, and I can't prove this, but apparently, both. Grosspapa and, and his two brothers had learned the art of doing this. And guess what? Most of the homesteaders, they came in in their wagons and practically all of them had a gun. And game was prolific in the mm -hmm. area. Mm -hmm. So the people didn't have much cash, but they would get the game, bring it in. Grosspapa would prepare it and trade for his you know, flour and whatever they needed mm -hmm. and that got, kept them going for a while wow. and uh, and uh, because well okay in about 1879 guess what the the younger brother got married he married a young lady from Joplin Missouri Ooh. I don't know how he met her but that's when he went to to uh, Winfield Kansas 
which is another story completely. Mm -hmm. That uh, and uh, is that, that John, John Peter three? That was John Peter three, and he married a, a uh, Adelaide. Her name was Adelaide, and I met her. Okay, now and about, and I don't know for sure. But uh, apparently, Gross Papa had been corresponding with, uh, you know, his folks back in Germany. Mm -hmm. So through the years, he brought or sponsored people, apparently, to help in the business, you know. And uh, anyway, the um, uh, it, it appears that the, uh, I lost my train of thought here for a minute, but the, uh, well, let me stop a minute here. Okay. The, uh, okay, the, uh, okay. So that the younger brother then in 1879 uh, went over. Okay, okay, now I remember what I was intending. Uh, Gross Papa's older sister, uh, Angel Maria, had married in Germany a gentleman named Hermann Dittmer. Okay, so the Dittmers then, at some point, and I think it was about when Gross Papa had uh, finally built that, um, you know, the newer house there at the, uh, on the South Poplar, or South 6th Street. And uh, I, I found reference in the family history and in the newspapers that, uh, uh, Herman and uh, Maria, I'll call her Maria, uh, had uh, several children. The oldest was, guess what, John Dittmer. And uh, then there was a, a daughter, I can't think of her name, and then an, another son named Henry Dittmer. Well, apparently, at about the time that Grosspop filled that big house, he'd apparently been corresponding with the family, but for whatever reason, we have evidence that the two Dittmer sons, John and Henry, mm -hmm. came to the U.S. in about 1885, I'm, I'm thinking, because they were just young men, and guess what, they couldn't speak English. Wow. And the story is, they hung a, a uh, around their neck and traveling, made arrangements with a note saying, deliver to their uncle oh. Henry in Independence, Kansas, USA. Mm -hmm. Now that's... Oh, that's really neat. And uh, then in about, uh, and I did, I, I recently confirmed pretty much my, my, my father then, uh, Okay, I'll back up a little bit about his second wife, Susanna. Susanna and uh, Grosspapa then, and I'll call her Grossmama, because I mm -hmm. uh, I never knew, really knew, uh, 
my grandfather, but I will mention that at this point that I do recall at about three years old, I recall being on Grosspapa's knee. Oh. I was born in 24, he was born, he died in 27. Anyway, um, so that the firstborn of his new wife, his second wife, was Emma, my Aunt Emma, Emma Layden. And then the next, next uh, child was my father, Henry. Mm -hmm. And Henry was born in 1888. And then the next one was uh, uh, the uh, sister, uh, uh, Aunt Frida. Mm -hmm. Her name was Frida. And then August was the youngest. And then they did have a child, a baby, uh, Carl they called, but he died uh, about five or seven years old, oh. a little later. But anyway, the, uh, and I, I never did know exactly for sure when, uh, uh, when this next item happened, but I found out that apparently Grosspapa made arrangements for his sister's and her husband to come to the U.S. And I did, and and I think you found found that one. I found it uh, when they came to the U.S. And it was 1888, which is the same year my my father Henry Baden Jr. was born. Uh -huh. So they came to the U.S. in about 1888, hmm. and uh, they brought uh, the one sister, and then. Uh, our younger brother, which was Fred Baden, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, my great uncle, he would have been my great uncle. My great aunt was uh, was uh, Maria, uh -huh. and uh, they apparently started uh, got property on uh, west of town on on West Laurel, oh. and had uh, some acreage. Uh -huh. And sadly, guess what happened in, in 1901, Herman, you know, Maria's uh -huh. husband was killed by a bull Ooh. out there. And uh, it was about 1901. And uh, in the meantime, John, well, I'll back up a little bit more. Uh -huh. um, now I'll go back a little bit to the oldest uh, or the second oldest, Diedrich was the oldest brother. Right. But uh, Johann Gottlob Wilhelm, we'll call him John W. Mm -hmm. he, he apparently, and, we, and I haven't found a record of where he got married, but I think he married a young lady in Humboldt, I think. Oh. But she was, she was from Humboldt. Her name was Mary Becker, and, and she, they were married in about uh, 1879, uh, and in about, now where they lived initially, I'm not sure, but it could be that they, there were several, a couple houses in that area where the parking lot is, you know, across from it. Mm -hmm. I think they did, might have lived there first, just like Grosspapa did, because uh -huh. that's where John Peter II was born. 
But anyway, I found out in history that John W. then built a house at uh, on North Penn, just north of the Guernsey Mansion, mm -hmm. uh, which was just south across from the current uh, uh, Memorial Hall and Civic Center. And that house, uh, I found out it was built in 1882. So then that's where John W. lived. And uh, guess what? He had his oldest son was uh, was also John W. And he was definitely called Will. He was the firstborn. He was born in about 70, 81, or 1880. And then uh, he had uh, two daughters and then a, a uh, another, no, the, the first one was Will and then uh, another son, uh, Fred Baden. And Fred Baden ultimately married a Trudy. But anyway, the uh, Fred and then there were two daughters, uh, Mary, they called her Mame later, Mame Baden and a, a uh, Margaret, and then Edward. And what's ironic, guess what, I just found out for sure what a little more happened. Uh, John W., you know, Johann, the oldest one, had an untimely death. We did find out in the news, they said that he died of apoplexy. But I just, just the other day, found a, a news item giving more details. And from what happened, it looks like it was a, a uh, um, what do you call it? A, a, a heart attack? A heart attack. Stroke? No, the other, what's the other thing that older people were prone to get? A short stroke. Yes. Stroke, I think. Uh -huh. Do you know what, I meant to look up what apoplexy yeah. means. That's what but I ironically, he died in 1879. And guess what? He died just a month after his youngest son Edward oh. was born, and that would would have been sad, wouldn't it? Uh huh. And uh, but they lived. Then he died, and then the uh, Mary Baden and her brood lived in that house for years. Wow. And um, so that that was the the oldest son, and unfortunately, and guess what? Sadly, the uh, younger brother, John Peter III, mm -hmm. had an untimely death. He had built up a big business in, in Winfield and he died before uh, the 1900. He just oh. just barely 50 years old. And of course, uh, by the Lord's will and blessed, Gross Papa lived to the ripe age of 83 and he died in uh, uh, 1927. Wow. So that's kind of the story up to to that point. Of course, in the meantime, uh, they did build up quite a business, you know, the, the mm -hmm. wholesale. They, they had retail stores, you know, in the area, and the wholesale covered an area radius of about a hundred miles okay. all around Independence. Mm -hmm. And of course, in 
the rail the railroads he didn't get to independence till 1872 mm. and uh, so there's quite a lot of history there mm -hmm. but through the years and the wholesale and of course uh, of course Papa brought a lot of other I say a lot but quite a few to come mm -hmm. work in the business and uh -huh. and uh, who were some of the others that you remember well the uh, of course, uh, of course, on my mother mother's side, why uh, uh, interesting is the uh, uh, principal of our Lutheran school. Of course, Gross Papa and his brothers and the family were very instrumental and in, in, um, played quite a part in the formation of the Lutheran Church. Mm -hmm. And you know, Independence was blessed with having. You know, a lot of uh, Christian people and people, and we had probably more churches than any other uh -huh. small com community. But Gross Papa started, and his friends and associates started the Lutheran Church. And uh, then my, uh, uh, and they started a Lutheran school. And uh, my Do you mother. Remember when that was? When yeah, did they start the school? Well, the school was was started in, in about 19, early 1900s. I just looked at that, but I can't remember the exact uh -huh. dates. But anyway, at some point uh, in 1900, my mom had been born in West Ely, Missouri. And what's, what's kind of an a, a interesting point, uh, West Ely is only about 10 miles from uh, uh, Hannibal, Missouri, oh. in Missouri. Uh -huh. That in a farm community, and <laughs> you know <laughs> the connection something? there. Mm -hmm. And uh, her her father. Uh, oh, and the other thing that's interesting is that uh, my uh, John Peter Baden the second, his oldest daughter became a nurse. She married a Lutheran minister named John Fisher and they were they went in the early days 1900s doing um, uh, evangelism at missionary work in China and two of her kids were born there uh -huh. anyway they they came back and he became the minister at this little church country church at Wistili Missouri wow. and that was my cousin Martha was her name uh -huh. Martha uh-huh and that's where my grand, my mother had been born there in West Ely. Oh wow! And uh, guess what? She came to uh, to uh, Independence and in 1900. And uh, her 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 father was the Lutheran school teacher at uh, the little Lutheran school in the country community there at West Ely. Ooh. And she was uh, born there, but came to Independence. Mm -hmm. And uh, doesn't that? And then that, then they, uh, he became the one of the first, well, not the first, but one of the early Lutheran school teachers. Uh -huh. uh, Pastor Labrecht Meyer. My mother was she was a Cruzy, but she married. Uh, you know, her father was a Meyer. And. Uh, so that, that side. And then as far as some of the other Badens, 
course, the Detmers, you know, there was quite a few Detmers. What's interesting is that through the years, and uh, that from 1870 to, to the present date, there's always been a family member, not, not a Baden, but counting the Dittmers, which are, you know, were a family uh -huh. in business continually in independence since 1870. Wow, that's incredible. But uh, the doubles, I don't know if you ever remember the doubles. And then, of course, ultimately my one uncle came over from uh, 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 Switzerland, uh -huh. and he was a master stonemason. He came over in 1925. Another interesting thing about where Gross Papa built his building down there, you know, in South, that in about uh, 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 1905, there was a Dr. Shelton that came to Independence and started a Shelton Hospital. Uh -huh. And it was about a 17 bed. And it was, and that building is still there on, on South Fifth. Uh -huh. And it's an apartment house now. And that was, that was uh, actually, the, 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 I, I think, the first hospital. Mm -hmm. A little later, they started the West Side Hospital, which right. unfortunately now is, you know, the, and it was called the Montgomery County Hospital. And then the Mercy took over. But, wow. but uh, the Shelton Hospital was about 1905. Uh -huh. And then, uh, well, there were quite a few Germans, the Clintworths and the Bredehoffs and uh, the, uh, so that's kind of the story. And then, of course, uh, through the years, the uh, first things change, you know, the war. Of course, the, the big problem that, that hit... Uh, most businesses in independence, you know, was the triple whammy, you might call it, that occurred in the 1930s, 29 and 30s. We had the stock market crash, we had the dust storms, and we had the drought all, right. all at once. Right. And of course. Well, who, um, what Baden was it that uh, built the store that the building is still? exists there on the south side of East Main Street. It says Baden up above. Okay, well, here's what happened when the... Uh, of course, uh, what's interesting, and I kind of tried to research this, and I have... It's pretty difficult, but the history of the distribution of food, mark, food products uh -huh. through the years. And of course, in the old days, you know, you had one way. And of course, in the old days, didn't even have railroads, you know. Right. So it came by wagon. And the railroads came. And then, of course, the chain stores came in. Mm -hmm. And I remember my family talking about the chain stores, you know. The, and of course, you know, progress. Right. And the Walmarts and everything. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a different story. Ultimately, basically, all of the smaller uh, wholesale concerns were forced out. Right. And that started in the 30s there. Mm. And uh, 
even the firm that took over the Baden Wholesale initially, which was called Fleming Wilson, ultimately, and that was a, a Topeka firm, and they got pretty big, ultimately they were forced out. And of course nowadays, you know, it's the Walmarts and the, the deal, so, so it was inevitable. And of course, in the early days, like for my grandfather's business, the railroad wasn't here originally, so his warehouse was, was downtown. Well, as railroads came in and shipping, you know, it was not economical to, mm -hmm. to you'd have to handle the stuff twice because you'd have to unload it at the... Now, what happened in the meantime, in, in, in the early 1900s, we had, guess what, here in Independence, we had the Union Electric uh, oh. Railway. Uh -huh. Uh, and uh, they started out with the streetcars, and they, they had an interurban inter system mm -hmm. that went all the way from uh, uh, Parsons, Kansas, here through Coffeyville and Independence, and put it down to Nowata, mm -hmm. Oklahoma. And they did in the old days, in the, in the early 30s, they had freight trains going through the middle of town, and they could, and really? my grandfather had a work another warehouse uh -huh. available just a block from his warehouse. See, his initial warehouse was right in that block, that first block, right across from the, uh, from the uh, uh, city hall. Okay. See, that whole half, that, about that whole half block on the north side was, in the east part especially, was warehouse. Okay. And, but they ultimately then had a warehouse out on the railroad. But ultimately, the, the uh, uh, you know, things changed. And, yeah. and so uh, the, that part of the business. But then you probably heard of my, uh, probably one of uh, the uh, more famous Badens in the terms, in, in the minds of a lot of the young folks, is, are the Baden cinnamon hot toothpicks, which uh -huh. my uncle August developed oh, that was who. and okay. founded, yeah, uh -huh. and that's my, my dad's younger brother. Well, what happened about the time that, uh, uh, you know, Fleming Wilson took over and they sold the business, of course my dad was up in age and all mm -hmm. of them, of course my grandfather had died and my uh, uncle John and of course, see, he was 13 years older than my dad, uh, John Peters, too. Uh -huh. And he helped run the business. He more or less retired, and dad. So anyway, they, of course, Gross Pop in the meantime had built a three-story building there at the corner of Penn and, and Locust. Initially, it was a bank, and through the years, it had been everything from a, a, a mission pool hall to to uh, New York Candy Kitchen, and then ultimately the Cozy Corner, which Uncle August started in the uh -huh. late in the late thirties, oh. and uh, it, the three stories. And of course, in the old days, they had uh, professional businesses like a photographer. There's a photographer on that corner. Well, ultimately, and the the family then had the department store, which was also there. They had the clothing store down where Uncle Jack's is, uh -huh. at the corner of Penn and, okay. and Maine, mm -hmm. in the north, 
northeast corner. And, uh, um, but the bank for years had wanted the, uh, that corner, the, at the time it was a citizen's bank. Uh -huh. They had wanted that corner for a drive-in bank. So uh, it came time to, for the brothers to kind of settle up. Uh, and uh, I don't know all the particulars, but basically the way they, they settled things, my one, my aunt over in, in uh, Oswego, and she married a farmer over there, uh, Carl Helwig, and he was, he was one of the top farmers over there in the, in the Oswego, Chitopa mm -hmm. area. And uh, so uh, for a while, my, my dad and uncle operated the department store and the cozy and other businesses. Uh -huh. But then, uh, I, I must, personally, I wish that they could have saved that building at the corner, the three-story building, because yes. it was a classic building. But you know, progress, so-called, yeah. and uh, uh, so they, they might say, the way I put it, they were probably, you know, might say, forced almost to sell. Mm -hmm. So then, uh, and the, uh, my aunt had, had gotten one of those buildings, a department store, where messenger uh, furniture was initially. And so they bought the building there at, uh, uh, on uh, West Main, on the south side, the one you're talking about. Yes, the one that's suspicious. It home. at one time had been a, a um, hat shop, the Vogue hat shop, on the ground floor, I think it was. And of course that's where my, grand, my uncle then started his business on the second floor. And he, he had developed this uh, uh, formula for the cinnamon hot toothbooks wow. and he would farm it out and have a uh, play all over town ladies you know they would would help they would count out them laboriously by hand the, the toothpicks the little flat toothpicks uh -huh. which he prepared with a special solution he'd, uh -huh. he'd get, give them in the jars uh -huh. they'd take the jars and the packages that he bought by big quantities of the flat toothpicks and they would then they had the they would put them in the packages and count out and I think it was something like 10 I don't remember my brother Harold still has some of those packages and I think I have I, I think you donated some of those to the library right so yeah a package of those in our files so anyway and that's where he started it and he and he became known uh, uh, nationwide mm -hmm. And even after he passed away, and they sold the business to somebody, for some years I would have people call me and say, hey, where can we get these? Oh, wow. <laughs> and that was your uncle, August? That's, that's August T. Baden. Okay. And uh, the other interesting thing about Uncle August, he was quite the, quite the guy. He was one of my favorite uncles. and. Uh, but he was known for pulling tricks. And uh, the Cozy Corner, when they operated it, it had been the New York Candy Kitchen and the Boomis brothers had run that. And they were candy makers, you know, uh, talented experts. 
and Bill Boom has helped him for a while. Mm -hmm. But you know what he would do? He would have Bill, and they did it in the back room there at the Cozy, and they'd make chocolate-covered onions, and he'd Ooh. give them to his friends, you know, oh. and you'd bite on them. <laughs> and the story is, too, of course, uh, the uh, Baden Wholesale, they wholesaled uh, fireworks in the early days. Of course, Independence was known, you know, with the name Independence right. Day, and right. and it was through the years and still is a special day. And my uncle August uh, reportedly, and this is not proved, uh -huh. it uh, and maybe it's my imagination, but the story I've heard somewhere was that Uncle August he liked to smoke cigars. He had a Model T, about a 1920s Model T. Mm -hmm. And he would go to some of the small towns and shoot off fireworks for the city. Oh, Guess what happened over towards Fredonia? The, somehow, apparently, the fireworks, the Model T, and everything went up oh, and no. smoked. Nobody was hurt. Uh -huh. Wow. <laughs> uh, whether that's true, I don't know. But anyway, it's been interesting. You had some characters in your family. <laughs> Still do. So, uh, anyway, of course, through the years, of course, the war years came on. And mostly, you know, all of the we young folks, younger ones, got well, involved. Tell me a little bit. Okay, your parents were? Henry. Henry. Henry H. and Lena. But, and my sister is Virginia. She's two years older than I am. She was born in 1922, and she married Roland Bradoff. The Bradoffs farmed to the southeast of Independence, and the Bradoffs were, were very key in starting the Lutheran Church and uh -huh. everything. And then um, uh, my brother Harold is five years younger, and uh, of course he's been in independence all, all, pretty much all through the years. He did have some assignments away, but, and then, of course, I'd, I'd been, uh, you know, working, helping out, probably more of a hindrance than a help in, in the teenage days, but anyway, we, we helped, and then, of course, after the war, then I went to college, mm -hmm. got a degree in uh, electrical so it was just engineering. You, you and Harold and Virginia? Then just we're three the three of brothers. And then, of course, you know, Harold married, my brother Harold married Betty Goldhammer, and she'd been one of the Lutheran school teachers at our Lutheran school. Uh -huh. And uh, then, um, and for, through the years, uh, both Harold and I were involved, and so was Roland with the uh -huh. Sinclair Pipeline, primarily. Uh -huh. Of course, my my uncles were involved with the Prairie Pipeline, which was the uh, Prairie Oil and Gas was a predecessor to the Sinclair days. And wow. So. Well, what's the earliest thing you remember, Bud? About independence. About anything. What's your earliest memory? Oh, my earliest memory probably is, well, I think it's being on my grandfather's, grandfather's knee. knee. And then I kind of remember at the funeral, when they had the funeral, the big room where there's a bunch of flowers. Uh -huh. And then 
And of course, some of my fondest memories are are things like my my grand my father would was very uh, curious, and he was a good father and everything, but he would tend to show me things and. He took me to places, for example, like took me out up by Benedict, Kansas, on the river in the winter uh -huh. when they were harvesting ice off of the Verdigris River uh -huh. in the old days with the teams of horses and the saws. They would saw the ice mm -hmm. and they'd pull it with tongs and pull it up. They had a barn with double walls that they'd store the ice, you know, it lasts all summer. Uh -huh. Wow. And then some of the other memories are of the death storm, of course, in the Here early in the early thirties, yeah, really, and the drought, uh -huh. and going over to uh, my my uncle uh, Carl over in Oswego, uh, has had his farm on the uh, Bet Creek, and the creeks were drying up, uh -huh. and the uh, the fish were dying in you know pools of water, oh. so that. In about 1935, the family got together all of the boats and stuff and the tanks uh -huh. and uh, we took seines and we helped sane the fish out of the, oh. out of the water uh -huh. and uh, that was really something and we saved a lot of them and you know, gave them oh. to various uh -huh. people, uh -huh. but those were, in, those were rough times. times. Yeah. Of course, the fun time to me growing up was uh, my cousin and I, the big barn, well, in the early days, my grandfather in the wholesale, they had beautiful big dray horses, you know, draft yeah. horses. Uh -huh. I'm not sure, they weren't uh, the Clydesdales like the, the, you know, the Budweiser, but they, I think they were Percheron, but they were big, uh -huh. and they had... Uh, room for 20 or more in the big barn there on South, uh, you know, on South 6th. Oh, and there were other, my cousin and I, you know, I was a young teenager, mm -hmm. we'd, we'd go over there with our BB guns and, and <laughs> shoot at things and and we built a little, a little fort, you know, uh -huh. and dig back in and, and we had a, and my cousin, my uncle had the prettiest big uh, Irish setter, Ooh. beautiful red coat, he was big. Mm -hmm. And there was one smaller barn that my grandfather had there. And that dog, it had a, to get up in the loft of that little barn, they had uh -huh. cleats across the studs, you know. And that dog could climb up climb. there with oh, us. Wow. <laughs> and then we'd go down I'm not sure on this, but we'd help my grandmother had cows uh -huh. for years. She had up to three cows, and, and they had riding horses and carriages. And uh, but we would go down to Rock Creek, and mm -hmm. and uh, sometimes we'd take. The, and I'm not sure on this, but I think I'd help. We'd take some of the cows down to the Rock Creek. Uh -huh. My grandfather had a field down there. But uh, those were interesting days. Hmm. And, uh, so did you go to go to school then? Yeah, we went to kindergarten in a public school, and then uh -huh. went to Lutheran school, uh, which was, you know we had uh, the first little school was a frame building, uh -huh. and then they built a, a bigger school, and of course my uh, 
My grandfather on my mother's side, I never knew. He died before I was born. And of course, my I just barely knew my gross papa, you know, right. but John uh, Henry. And, but I remember the, uh, of course, as a, as a kid, uh, of course, the thing around town I remember is uh, the, we had a nice plan uh -huh. here in the early days. In fact, I think grandfather initially was involved in a nice plant, but then they had one to the, on the west side of town. And they had horse-drawn wagons in the summertime mm -hmm. would come down the street. And guess what? We would be barefooted. Uh -huh. You know, we had all yeah. brick, brick streets, you mm -hmm. know. And boy, we'd follow that ice <laughs> wagon and get chips of of okay. ice, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then later on, they had trucks. Uh -huh. Of course, a lot of the young folks don't remember, but they would put a, they had little signs about like this, uh -huh. and they had 150, 25, oh. and you'd turn it and put it in your window, uh -huh. and then the ice man, he had a leather deal on his back, and he'd take the tongs, and he could, take up to 100 pound or even more big hunks wow. of ice for the bigger ice boxes uh -huh. and bring them in, put them in your, oh, in gosh. your, and, and the ladies would, the wives would put, uh, put, uh, you know, whichever they want, if they wanted mm -hmm. a small 25 pound piece. <laughs> and then the other, the, one of the key things about Independence is the fact that uh, that uh, the streets were laid out the right away a hundred foot. Initially, it was supposed to be seventy-five, but but they made it hundred, and that's why we had some such wide, pretty trees, uh, streets. Oh. And then, of course, you know, gas was first discovered in the early nineteen hundreds. You know, uh -huh. and we had had gas, and. Uh, uh, gas lights, and the key thing was gas was cheap, mm -hmm. and we had uh, brick plants all around right. the whole area, and the cement plants, and so you know we had brick streets when a lot of the early towns were all macadam or whatever they call it, uh -huh. and that ours were, and they've lasted they have. pretty yes. good, yeah, and uh, so that and uh, the trees, you know, we had the beautiful trees oh, yes. that were planted and the wide streets and and they had initially we had little grocery stores mom and pop mm -hmm. grocery stores so that there wasn't hardly any place in, in and around the, at least the main part of the, the city uh -huh. that uh, the kids could didn't have to go hardly more than a block or two to uh -huh. get and they would have milk and everything you know I remember seeing pictures of some of those. Wow. So you went to Lutheran school through eighth grade, or uh -huh. and then, then where did you go to high school? Then, uh, of course, went ninth school, the high school, and uh, graduated from high school, and that's when. What year did you graduate? In uh, the uh, spring of '42. Uh -huh. Pearl Harbor had happened, you know, on December 7th right. of, of uh, 41. 
And there were quite a few of us, maybe a dozen or more of the boys, young fellows that had graduated, and we worked out and helped build the Army Air Base out southeast uh -huh. of town. And so that's what quite a few of us did, and that's why I enlisted in the, in the Army Air Corps. Uh -huh. But I was only 17, I had turned 18, you know, I was born in September. And then it was, but I didn't get called in until uh, January of, of, of 43. Uh -huh. And then, you know, I, I was in the service until 46. Uh -huh. And that's when I went to college on the GI Bill at uh, K-State. Where did you serve when you were in the military? I was served in the South Pacific. The um, of course, I spent a good part of my time in the Army hospital. I broke my leg on the obstacle course. Oh, no. I, I facetiously say that I was wounded in the Battle of Nashville. <laughs> Nashville was where they called the Army Air Center. Uh -huh. We went to boot camp and then this center. And, you know, I was a young eager beaver and they right. had an obstacle course and I dropped off from high. Ultimately, I found out I broke my leg, and and it's a long story. But uh, I was in a sent to a general hospital, and finally, of course, I I was in the cadet program to be a pilot. I, uh -huh. That was my dream to be a pilot, but uh, it wasn't to be. And, but later on, then I did fly on a waiver, and I was uh, on radio crew. Radio, I went to radio school and radar, uh -huh. and uh, ended up. Uh, and fortunately, thank the Lord, I ended up in the business of saving lives rather than taking an air-sea rescue. Oh. We had, uh, uh, they formed a special group with um, uh, amph amphibium and aircraft, twin engine, and the Navy called them uh, Catalinas. Oh. We called them OA-10As. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, they were, they were built for sheltered cove, usually, mainly, you know, harbors. Uh -huh. In the open seas it was pretty rough and towards the end of the war we got B-17s that had a boat on the bottom and uh, they were losing too many pilots oh. in the, you know, crashing and mm -hmm. and this boat hung on the bottom of a B-17, 27-foot boat, and it uh, dropped on three big uh, standard cargo chutes uh, from about 15 wow. feet. And it was designed to hold the uh, B-24 and B-20 and 17 uh, all had crews of about 10 men. Oh. So this boat was designed to hand this 27-foot long, 7-foot beam. And it was designed to sail a thousand miles, had a mast, little emergency radio, emergency rations, mm -hmm. and a couple of little motors. and. Uh, and had rocket-propelled lines line. When it came in, we'd drop it from about 1,500 feet. Uh -huh. So they helped the guys in from their uh, life rafts or if they're in their, in their uh, May West, you know, uh -huh. May West is what we call the life preservers. Uh -huh. And of course, ironically, I was a, a late comer because I had been in the uh -huh. hospital and I was never <laughs> involved in an actual but our squadron and its sister squadrons, they had them all over the, you know, and they 
European front and all over. Uh -huh. They saved, you know, a lot of up lives. to thousands of lives, I think. Uh -huh. And uh, so it was. What did you do after the war? Well, that's when I went you went in the GI Bill and to K State. K State, and uh, I did want to be a a, a aeronautical engineer. Uh huh. But one my uh, my son ended up being my, but you know after the war they were kind of a dime. So I, and the computers and electrical, uh -huh. so I became an electrical engineer. I, I call it a wire twister. Right? <laughs> And so then I went to work for St. Clair, uh -huh. and out in the field, and, and worked all over the world, really, with St. Clair wow. through the years. Where at? Where, where are some of the places you were well, at? I worked in, uh, um, initially, uh, when I was hired, they just started what they call the corrosion mitigation program. Mm -hmm. Uh, pipelines initially were put in the ground bare, right. and initially uh, some of the lines were put in off of railroad cars along a railroad right away. Ah. And of course with the coal burning and the mm -hmm. cinders and everything, and as it turned out that was one of the most corrosive wow. places. So they, um, you know, we had techniques to handle the leaks. And of course, through the years, there's been arguments about it. But you know, in any business, you're gonna, you're gonna have problems. Right. But uh, you, you deal with it. You know, like in the kitchen, nothing mm -hmm. is perfect. You drop something and you spill it, and yeah. you clean it up. Yeah. Of course, you know, the do-gooders, you know, there were some incidents that happened through the years. Anyway, but it was pretty evident uh -huh. that we had to do something, so they found out uh, why, you know, um, electrochemical properties and electrical and everything, they found out a way to help mitigate this corrosion uh -huh. by various means. And so that, and we would survey, initially we'd go up and down the line, survey what kind of soil it was, where they were and where we needed it. And, and initially they said, well, let's coat our pipelines with right. the coating. And you know what? In a way, that made it worse. Really? Because that you cannot have a perfect coating. I mean, right. you know, something scratching. So what do they do different now? Well, and, and what would happen then, just that, it would accelerate uh -huh. the corrosion at a, a given spot and make a hole come quicker wow. in some cases. Mm -hmm. But then we found out that uh, we could... Uh, impress a current, a protective current, electric current, on on the pipeline that would help prevent any corro any corrosion. How do you do that? And well, the initially one easy way, uh, we would plant anodes, uh, aluminum magnesium anodes. They are electrically different, and we would they have a wire on. We put them in the ground, and they would put out current. And it wouldn't go uh, too far, you know. Right. But we'd plant them, as we call it, and we'd we'd take uh, mm -hmm. on on the pipelines. We'd have a little gadget, and we have a thermite uh, a, uh, deal that would weld this mm -hmm. connecting wire to that uh, pipeline. 
and we'd cover it with a mastic to insulate it. Mm -hmm. And and those were called. Uh, they were. Uh, they would initially wear out, and then we found out that we could put impressed with rectifiers, you uh -huh. know, AC current up and down the line. Right. And initially we tried wind generators. In fact, I got involved with climbing up a, in the early days some of the smaller, they were only about a 10-foot diameter uh, or 10-foot blades, you know, uh -huh. Uh -huh. and uh, climb up and, and they would... Uh, Furnish the protective the current. current. Wow! But then, then REA, uh, rural electrification came around, and and practically everywhere, you know, we could get AC, and so we uh -huh. we'd have rectifiers, and we'd have to change it to direct current, hmm. and we would have carbon anodes, and they would, this all would last, oh. and of course, like on ships, they found out that putting uh, slabs of uh, hunks of uh, magnesium mm -hmm. or aluminum on the side of a ship would help prevent corrosion on a ship. Uh -huh. So wow. that's what they call cathodic protection. Uh -huh. I had no idea. And uh, then about that time, they, they initially the pipelines were our pipelines were powered by various means. Up north, where the coal up in the Illinois, they had the boilers uh -huh. and they had steam. Uh, engines to pump the oil. And of course, way back we'd pump Texas oil up to Chicago, and initially the, the pipes were eight inches diameter. Then they went up to twelve inch, uh -huh. and up to twelve inch in the early days was all screw pipe with Ooh. threads, you know, uh -huh. before the welding techniques. Right. But can you imagine a twelve inch pipe? To, no. And the guys had big tongs, uh -huh. and they'd take a sledgehammer. And I had three or four guys on big tongs to, uh, oh. like a big, uh, right. to screw the pipe. Uh -huh. and, but like that, that gave problems too because oh, sure. you, you cannot have, in a lot of cases, a perfect thread. Right. And right. you'd have little seepages. Wow. <laughs> but then welding came on. Mm -hmm. And guess what? The early pipelines for a river, crossing the river, you know how we did it? We, in the winter when, the, when it was frozen over, we put the lines, oh. and then when it thawed, they dropped down into the, <laughs> and then they would dredge to get them in, uh -huh. in position. But then ultimately, uh, and of course on the south end, we had big diesel engines, great big, had pistons this big around, 10, 15, uh -huh. 20 inch pistons, six to eight cylinders, slow speed, and what I call, they were sucking jerk pumps, you know, uh -huh. but uh, then later on we got, that's when I, we electrified the line, and initially we had multiple eight inch or uh -huh. smaller line, then the technology, the bigger, you know, it's much more efficient, so we built what we called the big inch line, it was two foot diameter. Wow. And then guess what? Ultimately, I got involved in the ultimate one, which built was a four-foot diameter in the, on the Alaska pipeline from the North Slope clear to the, you know, all through Alaska. Wow. I was involved in that. It's one of my last assignments. Uh -huh. But prior, prior to that, you know where I was in uh, 
the uh, Sahara Desert in North oh, Africa. Wow. In a pipeline. I was involved in building a pipeline there. Associates. So you were married at some point. Yeah. And uh, when we were uh, putting anodes and surveying in the early days, I went to work in 1949 right after graduating. Uh -huh. And uh, started out in Texas, all up through Texas. Got to Ardmore, and guess what? That's where I got caught by a pretty young lady in, uh, in Ardmore. Uh, Betty Louise Crow. What was the last name? Crow, C-R-O-W-E. Betty Louise, okay. And then, uh, it's interesting that I would go to a Lutheran church. They had a small Lutheran church. Guess what? She played the piano there. Oh. And we were working at times, even on Sundays, but once in a while, when we were in that area, I'd go there, and she had seen me, and and she had just graduated from high school uh -huh. uh, uh -huh. the year before. And she was working at a nice dress shop there in Ardmore, in the oh, how in southern Oklahoma, pretty little town. Mm -hmm. We stayed in this uh, biggest hotel, Ardmore Hotel, there, and her guess what? Her her classmate was the. Uh, Telephone operator at the uh, oh. at the deal, and of course she she didn't know me, so she called her her uh, her friend at the at the deal. She said, "Who's that guy?" <laughs> so that's how she got my number. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sneaky. <laughs> but guess what? Uh, she was actually uh, a sixteenth. American Indian, oh. Native American. Uh -huh. But you know, through the years and everything, you know, raising the kids and everything, you know, you just didn't think mm -hmm. things go on and on and on. And it wasn't until recently that I tried to pin down, mm -hmm. you know, the details, and I still have not been able to. Right. But I have pinned it down that apparently her grandmother. Uh, was from around Gainesville, Texas, hmm. and um, that's where that. And at that time, of course, there were two predominant uh, Native American tribes in that area: the Caddos and the Comanches. Now, whether or not, but it's so hard to 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 get yes. information unless you. Well, you know, unless you can start right at the, but those were, of course, you know, it, and through the years, it's, it's, you know, in the U.S., we've done well, but we had, we've had, to me, the two worst periods were the, you know, the, everything that happened during the, the uh, Civil War, mm -hmm. and then the, what happened to the American Indians, yes. the Trail of Tears and everything. Mm -hmm. Of course, only Solomon would have known how to to handle it. Various mm -hmm. of our leaders did a good job. Some of them less than a good job. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's it's interesting that nowadays, the, especially around Ardmore, the mm -hmm. uh, uh, the they're a proud and a and a interesting yes. race. Yeah. And who so, knows? What year was it you met 
you met your wife? That was in uh, 19, about 49, 50. And then, and then we got married. We got married. And we, first, we had a, a little apartment in Shawnee where uh -huh. we'd moved up. Uh, we, you know, the pipeline had uh, regional or district offices mm -hmm. all up in two houses, they called it. And that's, of course, we were working. I had been working on this cathodic protection put near 100%. Uh -huh. But then, you know, I had other. And that's when the company, Sinclair, decided to build this big inch uh -huh. in the 50s. Uh -huh. So that's when they, uh, we hadn't been married there in, uh, in that little apartment there for a few months when I got called into the independence and they formed a electrical engineering group with the local Sinclair uh -huh. engineering facility here uh -huh. in independence. And I was one of the first ones involved in that. that. And then we got involved in the design and planning and for the electrical facilities for the mm -hmm. for the big new new um, pipeline from Cushing, Oklahoma uh -huh. to Chicago. Of course, we had pipelines all the way down to Houston, Corpus right. Christi, New York. Why uh, was Cushing so important? Well, it's kind of the crossroads of pipelines. all of the oil activity in Oklahoma and Texas. Mm -hmm. And of course, nowadays, you know, with the new pipelines, there's more tanks there than anywhere in the world. Probably, yeah. Wow. And then, of course, I got involved uh, through the years building the pipeline in uh, Algeria. It was during the coup d'etat with Ben Bella and, uh -huh. and uh, de Gaulle, you know, as premier of. of uh, so we lived in France. Uh, at that time, I had three boys, uh -huh. six, eight, and ten. Wow. And that, that was right at the time of the, uh, the uh, Cold War, mm -hmm. when the Russians were uh, kind of flexing their muscle. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, when we flew over to Paris, they were talking about rendering, uh, rendezvousing uh, submarines in North Atlantic, you know, I thought, so my associate and I went over uh, with our families, uh -huh. and so we thought, well, we're going to go. So we, I had three boys, my associate had two kids, no, just one kid. And uh, so we ended up in Paris, and uh -huh. off and on I ended up, uh, the family lived there about three years, and then uh, while we were over there, that's when my mother was killed in a crash. Oh. Here, over by north of Fredonia, oh, and I came back emergency, and the uh -huh. family came back. Luckily, we had I built or remodeled a little house on South Fourth, uh -huh. and when we left to go to France, I had we just you know closed it up, and put stuff over uh, covers over the furniture, uh -huh. so it was there, and and uh, so we got back, and my dad survived the crash. He was. Uh -huh. He was seriously hurt, but um, the uh, hospital was over there north of Fredonia, but and my dad survived, but I had to go back and finish part of the job over in, in there. When were your boys born? Well, and my, what were their names? Were, my boys were all born by the same doctor, and, and uh, 
all, here in Independence? All the same hospital in the Mercy Hospital out here. Uh -huh. Dr. Robinson. And uh, the first one was born in uh, 52, and the next one is 54, next one in 56. What were their names? And then the, the, the youngest one was born in 65. That's 56 reverse, <laughs> how I remember it. Uh-huh. Okay, and the oldest one was Alfred Jr. Uh -huh. Al, we call him. The next one was uh, Randy, Randall Jean. Next one was uh, uh, Andrew Ray. And then my youngest, he was nine years later. Uh -huh. He was still the same doctor in Independence. And uh, they had just built a new addition to uh -huh. the, to the, uh, out there at the hospital in Mercy. And that was Pete, Peter Eric Baden. Uh -huh. And uh, of course they're all still living. None of them live here anymore. But Where are your boys at now? Pete, Pete the youngest is an aer aeronautical, but engineer he's with uh, he was with Boeing he's now with Spirit Air System you know uh -huh. Boeing sold out and then uh, his next brother his next brother Andy was uh, joined the Navy as a uh -huh. as a buddy system with a friend uh -huh. and he was on the carrier the uh, uh, Kennedy Jeff Kennedy uh, aircraft carrier oh. he was an armament uh, enlisted man and so he, he was in the, uh, they were based, their foreign base was over in Naples in the Mediterranean. Mm -hmm. So he was in the Navy for a, a period. And then, uh, um, and of course, the, old, the oldest, Al, he, uh, he ended up, uh, he went uh, a little, we lived at the time in, uh, when I was working on the Alaska pipeline, we lived in Houston, and he went a little bit to the University of Houston, but then he ended up went to Chicago and ultimately married a young lady and et cetera. And the oldest one's been a trucker through the years. Wow! And uh, the next one, Randy, then. Uh, he uh, he went to Texas Lutheran. He graduated from high school in uh, Houston, uh -huh. and uh, and that's where, uh, of course, Al and uh, graduated from. Uh, we lived in Chicago at the time. Uh -huh. uh, graduated in in Chicago. The oldest, Randy, then uh, ended up. Uh, he was a uh, he started a business. Uh, uh, putting uh, uh, hitches on, I call it Randy's Hitch Bay. He became an expert welder and everything. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And uh, in Austin, Texas, where you go, the, you know, they have a lot of golfers there and the high, right. high paid guys, and they would get a new car or a new trailer. Mm -hmm. So he had quite a business. And so it's, and that's still his business wow. the whole time. And then Andy then, uh, graduated from, uh, he graduated and he started out, uh, went to high school in Houston, but then finished up up here when we moved back to Independence. And then he and a buddy joined the, uh, after they graduated, 
joined the uh, Navy on the buddy system. Mm -hmm. That's when he was on the on the uh, Kennedy, mm -hmm. and then afterwards, he uh, went to graduated. He went to, partly to uh, uh, college at Pittsburgh. Met a young lady there, and they were married in Pittsburgh, Kansas. And then he uh, finished up and went to uh, ended up electrical engineer at. Uh, uh, Wichita State mm -hmm. in Wichita, mm -hmm. and uh, of course they had three kids, and of course Al never had any kids of his own, but he married a young lady and she had two kids. He's got a bunch of grandkids, and uh, Randy married a young lady he met at, uh, at uh, Texas Lutheran there in uh -huh. Seguin, Texas, where he grew, went to school. And they have uh, two kids, and uh, my oldest grandson is a aerospace engineer. He's got his own airplane, and, Ooh, wow. and uh, he married a young lady just recently. And then, of course, Andy then ended up uh, um, when he was at Wichita State. His mentor there talked him into he was an enlisted man, you know, in the Navy. Mm -hmm. and said, hey, why don't you go into this officer training deal at Salina? Uh -huh. So he ended up, and he graduated with honors there. At, uh, he got a saber and everything in the, wow. in the Army uh -huh. at uh, Salina. And then, guess what, he transferred to the Air Corps. So he's been in the Navy, the Army, and, and the Air Corps. Corps. Wow. And he ended up a lieutenant colonel uh -huh. in the... In the uh, Air Force, and they have three kids. Wow! And uh, of course, he's retired now from uh -huh. the military, but he's the chief engineer for the for the uh, uh, VA sis, VA hospitals at Topeka and Leavenworth. Okay. And he's their engineering manager. Uh huh. Chief engineer for the facilities. So he lives in Topeka. And or? He did live in Topeka and 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 uh, uh, Silver Springs, a little town west of. But uh, since he had to be, and the kids went to KU, and then ultimately partly to K State. But since he had to go over to Leavenworth, they moved to uh, Lawrence, which okay. is halfway in between. Right closer mm -hmm. and then Pete you know he was younger he ended up uh, going to Wichita State and uh, like uh, air, a uh, aeronautical engineer mm -hmm. and he went to work for Boeing he was started out in ah. with Boeing in uh, Renton in Washington, Washington, Washington yeah. state of Washington uh -huh. Seattle area Renton mm -hmm. And he's been with them, and then he had a stint uh, with special assignment at, uh, on the East Coast at, the, uh, at a naval base there where they were working on a, on a Navy fighter. Wow. And then he's been back at Wichita ever since, mm -hmm. and they have three kids. And, wow, uh, you've got quite a family. And then, uh, of course, I lost my first wife. Uh-huh. And when did you lose her, Betty Louise? Yeah, you know, she passed away in uh, 
in uh, 89. Ended up with cancer, fought uh -huh. it for a while. And, and um, so then, then I remarried all of it in a year and a half, so later. Uh -huh. And I met a nice young lady, and she had four kids, two boys. Uh -huh. So I finally got some daughters, two daughters. There you go. And two more sons. Uh huh. What was her name? Uh, 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 Josephine Louise Bold. Her father was a uh, veterinarian oh. in Wichita, and two of her brothers were uh, uh, veterinarians mm -hmm. in Wichita. And then she had uh, she had a, a total of four brothers. Uh -huh. And uh, then. Uh, so then we we were married and uh, we got to travel quite a bit, thank the Lord, and visit all the kids. And I ended up counting up. I've got about twenty six or seven grandkids. I don't know how many great grandkids. Uh -huh. My oldest son's got some stepkids. You know, mm -hmm. I keep asking him, "Hey, give me a list," but I haven't. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's hard to keep track of. It is. But they're all over from Houston to uh, Portland, Oregon, mm -hmm. to, wow. and to Houston, uh, uh, Austin, San Antonio, mm. Kansas City, Topeka, Wichita, mm -hmm. none of them, closest ones are in Wichita, my youngest son, and of course uh, uh, the oldest grandson of, of his, it, mm -hmm. he's going to Wichita State. Oh. And the middle son, he's quite a swimmer. Mm -hmm. He'll be a senior next year, and he he won the state. Uh, um, he specializes in the the, the uh, breaststroke. Uh -huh. He's a state champion. Wow! Right here, and he's got. Looks like he's getting a. He might go to TCU. We don't uh -huh. know for sure yet. Wow! Where he's got a scholarship. At, what is his name? His name is Noah. And his brother's oldest brother's name Matthew, uh -huh. and then his sister's name Sarah, oh. and she's red haired. Ah. See, I was red haired. Yeah, you're still red haired. And uh, and of course, uh, Andy's kids are named uh, Josh and Abby and Zach. Uh huh. And Al's kids, his stepkids are Donna and Danny. And who am I missing? Uh, Randy's kids are Tessa and Joel. Joel is my oldest one. He's the uh -huh. oldest. He's the one that has the airplane. And, he, oh. and he's, he's flown, he flew me to my last Air Force reunion back in, oh, wow. in uh, Alabama uh -huh. uh, a few years ago. That's exciting. Spe special time. The, what? You lived elsewhere. What brought you back to Independence? Well, we lived. Uh, of course, we we started. You know. Of course, when I started, you know, first first wife married. We lived in Shawnee. So I lived in Shawnee. We came to Independence. Then, uh, Independence. Um, that's when I went. We went to. Uh, First off, went to France, 
And uh, that's when I helped build the pipeline in Algeria. Mm -hmm. That's when they had the coup d'etat with, you know, Ben Bella. And, the, and then when I got back from that, that's, we moved to Chicago, lived in Homewood, uh, Chicago. And then, um, then I went to uh, Houston. Mm -hmm. We lived in Houston when I was involved with the Alieska pipeline. Uh -huh. Almost moved to, at a point there, almost moved to Alaska. Ooh. But when we built the Alieska pipeline, we were based in Houston. Mm -hmm. And of course, we were delayed for more. So I've, I don't know how many times I flew back and forth from from uh, Houston to to Alaska, mm -hmm. you know, we had partners and the EPA's environmental yeah. problems delayed the, that project for mm -hmm. a long time. And I lived up there partly uh, in an apartment mm -hmm. and uh, Pete, my, my youngest son and my wife Betty got to come up and live oh, with me there in, in Anchorage for, uh, for a little bit. Uh -huh. And, um, but then, then I came back to Independence and then been here ever since, except we, uh, you know, I had a, a big house and when I remarried, mm -hmm. she had a house. So we, I sold my big house. We have owned, and she had a pretty big house out by the country club, uh -huh. sold that and we bought this, this little house on, out on Catawba. And stayed there, and it was nice, small. And she was quite an artist, so oh. built on on a uh, kind of a a uh, uh, like a studio. A studio for her. had a, a balcony there, and we had it fixed up real nice. Wow! And that's when they they uh, we had a nice backyard, and that's when they. They had a HUD project to build some new houses just south of, and they, you know, put the uh, sewer line in. They cut down all of them. You oh, know, they were just old hedge trees, but they uh -huh. were nice shade. Uh -huh. And oh. that's when, and of course, I got tired of uh, mm -hmm. the kids were all gone. I got and Joe, you know, she'd grown up in my wife Joe. We call uh -huh. uh, Josephine. We called her Joe, and she, you know, her uh, my son. The three kids was in Wichita mm -hmm. with Boeing at the time, and she had grown up in Wichita. So, to make a long story short, and she, we'd kind of talked about going to a retirement or something. Mm -hmm. So when when it happened that they, you know, had a uh, our dream home when they right. took the trees out, that's when we sold. And then went to and went to a retirement community in, uh -huh. in Wichita in, in 2006. Oh. And uh, when we first moved there, we didn't want, but we ended up in a, actually <laughs> ended up in a duplex oh. with almost as much uh, uh, square footage of space as our little house on uh -huh. the top of, uh -huh. right on the golf course, the Clap Golf Course Ooh. at uh, Harry and... Oliver area of, of Wichita, uh -huh. and it, they called it the Georgetown Village Complex. Oh. It was right by a first cafeteria, uh -huh. and they had yeah. what they called the big house, a three-story, two buildings, where they had assisted living and 
-hmm. independent living, and then they had about a 10 or 12 duplexes uh -huh. around the golf course. So we had this nice duplex, oh, yeah. and it had two floors, and it had two, uh, like I say, almost as right. much total. We had two, um, uh, three bedrooms and everything, and so the kids could visit. Mm -hmm. And of course, we had to do part of the, you know, the homework. Right. But uh, we could eat over the big one. But then wife got ill, and or you know, as we got older, right. then we moved over to we called it the big house, where you know we, you know, didn't didn't have to assisted do as living much, kind of didn't have to do our mowing and everything. Uh -huh. Well, our mowing was was taken care of on the mm -hmm. we were right on the down the first fairway of the golf wow. course. Really nice. Uh -huh. Had a nice little porch balcony you know mm -hmm. so then we moved over to the big house and uh, over there then we had full meals and stuff there and then then uh, finally she got cancer and oh. passed away in october of, of, uh, of um, uh, 83 or not Boy, what am i thinking of uh, this is two th two it was 2013. Okay. And so that's when I moved back here. Um, my my sister is still here. Right. And she's in a. She lost her husband in 2006, mm -hmm. or 2008, I think it was. And uh, she's in a assisted living on South Second, uh -huh. Grand Villa. She's two years older than I am, and she's sick. This year she's she'll be 94. And my brother, uh, Harold, is still here, he's five mm -hmm. years younger, and then I still have some cousins here. Good. So I got an apartment at the boot. So uh -huh. that brings it up to date about. Wow. And well, I've taken too much of your time. Well, can I ask you one more question? How do you want to be remembered? <laughs> oh, just as... Uh, as, uh, as somebody who enjoyed living uh -huh. and had a nice family and been blessed and thanked the Lord for all the, the good things that happened. Mm -hmm. and go on from there and then hope the kids can, can see their way to do some of the things that we were able to do. Mm -hmm. Maybe even better. <laughs> you never know. Is there is there anything you wanted to say? Anything else you'd like to say? Well, I appreciate you know growing up in a place like Independence, mm -hmm. all the friends we have, and all the, the nice people and everything. And wow. Well, I sure thank you, Bud. That's the most interesting. We could just go on for a long time, but yeah. we probably both get kind of hungry. Yeah.